Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you guys for joining me. You know what? Uh, this was one of those weeks for me that, uh, you know, I, I there were some times a little bit uh, where you, you get a little blue, you get a little down, and you really need some encouragement. And God is always there to give us encouragement as well. And it doesn't always come the way we think that it's going to come. And so I would like to tell you about this beautiful woman that I met. Are you guys ready? Oh, hang in there. Don't, don't run out on me and don't get ahead of me here. Uh, she did a GoFundMe page. And she did this GoFundMe page for her birthday. Rather than get presents, she said she had everything she needed. And so she did a GoFundMe page, and there's ourselves and one other charity, and I can't remember what the charity was or I'd, I'd mention it, and uh, that she wanted to split those funds. And she thought she could probably raise about $500 from a GoFundMe page for her birthday and split that between us. Well, instead, she was able to do 1300 and something dollars, so we have a check for like $680. Well, that in and of itself is okay, but Eileen, who works for me at the mission, said, hey, she would really like for you to come out and pick up the check personally. Apparently, she's a fan of the show, and so I said, well, of course, I'll go out there now, here is the inspiring part. Are you guys ready for this? She did the GoFundMe page for her 105th birthday. That's right, 105. So I didn't know exactly what to expect, uh, but, you know, I mean, this is a Christian woman. I figured she was probably sweet and kind, but, you know. And uh, I have done a lot of work in the past where I've gone to convalescent hospitals and done stuff like that. And so I I didn't have any expectations of exactly what this was going to look like. So I got out there and I met her her son, who's about three years older than me, and I met her daughter-in-law and I met her and she is absolutely just amazing. First of all, she still lives by herself. Her, her kids come over in the morning and in the middle of the day to check on her, and they, they fix dinner for her at night, and she still stays alone. She does all of those kind of things. And let me tell you something. Although the eyes are failing a little bit and the hearing is failing a little bit as well, uh, she, she is absolutely crystal clear in her mind, at least from my perspective, she was. We talked about when she came out from Montana, and we talked about her husband who had died 40 years ago, and she she continued to be faithful to God, and she has such a sweet and amazing—she's uh, just amazing. She would put her hand on my hand and uh, she's, she can't see very well, so I tried to tell her that I was uh, a whole lot more dynamic than I actually am. 
she reminded me that you can go to hell for lying. <laughs> uh, but uh, I went in. I looked at. Uh, I looked at some of her pictures. I saw this amazing thing. The house that apparently uh, was built in, like oh, I don't know, nineteen seventeen, I think, is what they said. And she lived in that house back in Montana. But uh, when they went out there years and years ago, I think it was her husband. And he took some of the wood from that old house, and somebody painted a picture of the old house, which is now kind of a barn, and he made a frame for it out of this wood. It was, it was amazing. And so the reason I'm telling you this is because I went out there, and like I said, you know, it was one of those weeks. It had been a little difficult. There's a little... You know, things can get to you every once in a while, but she absolutely lifted my spirits up, she and her family. And so uh, I, I was just so impressed by her that I would at some juncture like to have her on the radio show. And so I haven't asked her yet. So if you're listening, Gertrude, her name is Gertrude Thomas, and she is a sweetheart. And so... and. And her relatives are equally as kind. So they said that on her 106th that uh, I would be welcome to come to the birthday party. And I told them, hey, if you tell me, I'll be there. <laughs> because uh, GoFundMe pages or not has nothing to do with it. She just lifted my spirits up. Then I found out that she was one of the ladies who came out for our women's clothes closet and used to come out and, and teach. And so uh, Martha is, was the actual teacher who was one of the best Bible teachers you could come across. She just recently went home to be with the Lord. Uh, I understand she was 101. And so for Martha's family— uh, we we really, really, uh, we loved the time that she was coming out there and appreciated all the work she did for the mission. And so uh, Gertrude is the same way. I appreciate that she was diligent in, in bringing Martha out and being with her and doing whatever she needed to do during those times. And listen, to be in the kind of shape that Gertrude is is amazing. Uh, she has a walker. She has no wheelchair. She has a walker, and she can move pretty good in that walker. And like I said, I didn't I didn't in, get any sense that her mental acuity was down, and so she's a fan of the show. So Gertrude, you you really really did my heart great. You really did, and. I was so excited after meeting you and your family that I, I called my development director and I was talking to her because uh, it was just just so sweet to get to meet you. And she was uh, she's headed out of town to New York. But she said, oh, I wish I could have gone and meet, met her. So I, I thought, you know what? I would love to do a little interview with Gertrude, as I said earlier. And Eileen said, well, then I want to come out too. So 
Gertrude, we're going to try to set it up. You don't have to. I know it can be intimidating having your voice on the radio, but you have such a sweet and gentle heart that, oh, my goodness, I think you would lift up the audience that is out there. And she has been faithful donor of the mission uh, for years and years. And I got to tell you, folks, you know, people always think, that it's the the major donors, the the ones that give huge amounts of money and that make the mission float. And that's not true. We get major donors, but the majority of donors are people that give ten, fifteen, twenty five dollars, and maybe they give that every month, and maybe they don't. But the whole idea is when your heart is in sync with what we do and you care about what we do, that's what impresses me. It's, it's not always the amount of what's done. It's the heart behind it. You know, if you had $100 million in the bank and you gave us a million dollars, that would be just wonderful. But the person who doesn't make a lot of money and gives a little bit out of, their, out of what they don't have, that's really, that's really what uh, fills my heart up with, with joy sometimes. I've told you this before, guys, and so I'm sorry if it's repetitive, but about 10 years ago, I think, there was a mom and a dad who always took their kids out. They would save all their change, and they'd put it in a jar, and at the end of the month, the kids could decide where they wanted to go. You know, like if they wanted to go have ice cream, or they wanted to go have pizza, or they want whatever they wanted to do. Uh, it was up to the kids, and it was from the change they saved up. So I think the, the amount was 40 or 50 or $60, something like that. It might have been $60. And so these are little kids. These are not 12, 15-year-old kids. These, I, I think they were like five and six. And so they got their money together, and it was the end of the month, and they asked them what they wanted to do. And they said that they had heard something uh, on the radio or the TV about the homeless problem. Yes, and it was a problem then, too. And so the parents called me and said the kids would like to donate their monthly to the homeless. I mean, for crying out loud, if you can't be moved by a story like that, and I, I don't mean you, I mean me, if my heart can't be moved by little kids who want to try to help the homeless situation. Man, I, I'll tell you what. I got a dollar bill one time in the mail, and there was a note with it. And the guy said he had been in Sacramento, he'd been coming through, and he didn't have any money. He said that uh, he, he had been able to sleep upstairs, and we fed him, and he got clothes or something from us, and he said, now I have a job. I don't have a lot of money, so, uh, but I'm sending you, I'm, maybe it was $2, but I'm sending you some money and I'll send you some more. I appreciate everything you do. That touched me. It really touched me because you want to know when you're in a mission that your mission is doing what it's supposed to do for the people it's supposed to do it for. That's why... You know, I, I know it can be tiresome seeing the tents and, and trash on the street and all those kind of things. But again, that's not everybody. And there are people that are grateful and helpful. And 
you know what? We do what we do so we can tell people about Jesus, so we can tell them about the gospel. That's the whole reason for us to exist. Why is it that we're going through this this big remodel of the old building? Why are we tearing it to the studs and and replacing everything and making it modern and up-to-date? It isn't for bragging rights, and it isn't because uh, my staff's over there. It's the opposite. It's because the majority of the staff is in the new building, and I want the people from the street, and I want this because I know God has directed me to want this, to update that building, to make it safe, make it clean, make it accessible, so that when people come from the street and they hear the message of the gospel and we tell them about the love of Jesus Christ, it doesn't ring hollow. Because here's the thing. They need to know that God and God's people care about them. I mean, really care about them. Not just, I'm going to hand you a little track and or I'm going to give you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich out of the back of my car. No, they need to know that there can be long-term commitments. You can come on our program. You can hear about Jesus Christ. We have showers for the men every day. We're going to have showers very shortly for the women of the street. We hand out clothing every day. We have beds upstairs. We cook hot meals every single day, even through the pandemic. We made sure that we had containers that we could get hot meals out to everybody. We have the gospel message being preached. And, you know, we're taking a look at it, and every church that volunteers needs to really preach the gospel message out there, or maybe it's the wrong place for them. But I'm saying all this to tell you that they know what the real deal is out there. If we really don't care about them, if we just want to collect money, if we just want to be uh, our names out there, if I just want people to say, oh, that's Pastor Tim Lane. He's the director of the Union Gospel Mission. He's the executive director. Come on, that's not what we're supposed to do as pastors, as directors, as Christians. What we're supposed to do is love these people the way Jesus loved them. Do they become frustrating sometimes? Yes, even the guys on our program. But we got to break through those barriers to where we're really loving the people that God has placed in our path to love. And so through the discouragement, through all the, the tents and the dirt and all the kind of things that, ha, you know, that we see every day, there are still human beings made in the image of God that we need to try to reach for the gospel. I've told you this uh, many times, but if you want to get the people off the street, you want to get the homeless situation taken care of because it's a diverse situation. There's drugs, mental handicap. There's people who just don't want to work. They have become used to living on the street. They have their own communities now. But if you want to get these people off the street— then what you do is you make them disciples of Jesus Christ. You give them the hope of eternity. You tell them about a way that is better than the way that they have functioned in for all these years, that they can have dignity, they can have hope, and they can have eternity with the God that has saved each one of us who claim the name of Christ. And so what do I want for our mission? I want to be moving forward from here. 
not just with the remodel of this building, not just with with what we're doing on campus, but I want us to have an expanded look and an expanded ability to serve more people, always with the gospel in the center of everything we do. You know, I will never be content just going out there and feeding and clothing and housing and doing those things or building some great big monolith out uh, on Bannon Street. I want us to truly be the disciples just like Jesus told us to be. And I I can guarantee you, you may not believe this, but I'm going to tell you that is truly my heart. That is truly what I want to have happen. And I've got a bunch of staff people that want exactly the same thing. We want our program men to hear exactly the path that leads to Christ and beyond. Listen, if you guys are believers and you're satisfied just to go to church on Sunday and sit in a pew and not tell other people about Jesus Christ, you have not got the grasp of what the gospel was or what Jesus asked us to do. He told us to go to the whole world and take the gospel. To the whole world, every person. Who do you think these people are? These people that we're preaching to out on the street, the people in the penthouses, the people in the gutters, They're all people made in the image of God. Now, Satan has stole from them their identity. They have listened to the hiss of the serpent. They have been fooled into thinking that drugs and alcohol and all the things that go with it are better than what the Lord God Almighty has told them, and they are wrong. They have have listened to to the lie and believed it. And guess what? Many of us have believed it too. And now we have a church, and I'm talking about the church universal. We're talking about a church that's starting to listen to the hiss of Satan too. We have a church that has forgotten who their first love is. We have churches that that will not preach the gospel out of the fear that somebody is going to criticize or stop them or they're going to shrink in numbers. Well, so be it. If we lose donations, we shrink in numbers. Then if we are preaching the gospel, we have still succeeded. And, and the amazing thing is when we are doing what God wants us to do, I was just talking to one of the people here at the station, and What Satan has meant for evil, God has made for good. And so every attack, every resentment that you incur as a believer, remember what Jesus said, they hate you because they hated me first. And so now we need to lift up our swords, we need to march into battle, and we need to love people. And it all starts with giving them a glass of water, a sandwich, a clean pair of of clothing, some socks, and being there when they're not always so lovely. Because I can't speak for you, but I can speak for me. God loved me when I wasn't very lovable. And he was kind to me when I wasn't always very kind. And he loved me when I was still his enemy because I didn't think I was his enemy, 
and I was, and so were you before you came to Christ. We are losing our identity as believers if we listen to the serpent's tongue. So we can't do that. So am I excited? Yes, I'm excited that the Union Gospel Mission is going to do a lot of amazing things in the next few years. As long as God is willing to let me be a part of it, I want to be a part of it. I don't care how old I get. When God wants me to move on, I'll move on. But until then, we're going to fight the good fight. We're going to put the full armor of God on, and we're going to march into battle not as De, as as people in full defense, but as those that are carrying this battle to the world. And why? To save men and women, to save boys and girls. Obviously, we can't do that, but God can. And so I'm excited. I'm excited that we're going to expand this ministry of ours. We're going to do more things to reach the the lost and the hurting and there are opportunities everywhere. Listen, I have—you think it's just homeless, but I have prayed with police officers who were hurting. I have, I have been with uh, donors who came in, and, and they were hurting as well over something or the loss of someone or asked me to pray. I am so privileged to be able to have people ask me to pray for them. I don't have any special power just because I'm a pastor, but I have the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me because I'm a believer. But I am thrilled to be able to pray with these folks, and I'm thrilled to be able to meet people like Gertrude and her family who love Jesus and who are going to carry on that battle. And I'm thrilled to know young people who are going to march into battle just like just like uh, Jess, who I told you about, is going to be a long-term missionary. Young people who look and, and talk, and they have all the great qualities to be successful in any field, and yet their primary focus is Jesus Christ. When we think there's no new generation, there's a new generation coming up. When we think there's no one going to be able to take our places— there's somebody to take our place. And by the way, I told you before, when I came to the mission, I told the board of directors there has to be 10,000 men more qualified to be the director than I am. And yet God has kept me there 17 years, not because I'm so good, because I'm not, but because God try, doesn't try. He equips those he sends. When you think you're overshadowed by what you're asked to do, you're not. If God asks you to do it, you're not overshadowed. You're not overwhelmed. But you have to be on your knees and you have to be, uh, you have to be yielded to God. So I'm out of time, and I'm sure some of you are glad. <laughs> but again, I, I want to give the proverbial shout-out to Gertrude. Gertrude, <laughs> you know what? I appreciated the big hug. I got a picture of you that I'm going to I'm going to post for the guys cuz not just the guys, I meant everybody because I want you to see what a lovely person looks like who has followed Christ their whole life. You can see the kindness in her and you can feel it from her.
She's just sweet, and her family, they are just a loving group, too. So, as always, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.